Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Positively different radio in the morning and this is the breakfast show with the double L team. Lawson filling in for Mon. Welcome to the show. Oh mate, I feel welcome. I'm, thank you. I am. I am so stoked to be here to get this done. I love it. I and love what it. are you thankful for this morning? I am extremely thankful. I got to hang out with my family last night, do a little family dinner. Um, got to spend some time at my little sister's school. She's doing the HSC to, um, at the moment, and she's in the design and technology class. And uh, yeah, they had a design and tech showcase, and she made like the coolest little contraption. Um, it's like. An, a rowing oar adjuster she's uh, on the professional rowing team and uh yeah she's just like incredible and she built this thing she welded it up she painted it and um she's uh yeah she's just killing it at school and she's go lawson's family yeah so shout out to shelby um if she's listening and um yeah i'm so grateful i got to spend that time with them well done shelby congratulations that's just uh awesome and by by the way it wasn't last night when you did this no it wasn't yeah it wasn't wait because we're in the future that's right no we're in the past no we're in the past where are we? We're in the... We have no idea where we are. We, Whoa! <laughs> we, we are confused. Okay, and the reason that we are confused is because you are listening to the delayed broadcast. And so if you would like to hear the uh, the, the live show, then it's very simple. You simply flip over to uh, faithfm.com.au or you go to your mobile device and what do you find there? You will find uh, an app. And it's called TuneIn. And you will be able to download that app. It's completely free. You just click the little X in the top corner. I actually downloaded this for three people the other day. Um, and you just search up Faith FM, favorite it, and then you've got it forever. And you can just listen to us wherever you are. Not just forever, but for anywhere. So Mon is uh, keeping tr- keeping tabs on you, Lawson, and making Oof. sure that you don't steal her job while she is Oof. away. Oof. She's like... <laughs> The double L team is replacing me. <laughs> no, we're not actually, but we are having fun while you're away, Mon. And of course, she's listening from Germany. Amazing. And then, of course, she's going to be listening from the the, the uh, Czech Republic. So, you know, for sure. Um, anywhere in the world, you can listen to it. And uh, of course, this morning, I am thankful for a project that I've got happening where at the moment where I am doubling my water catchment area by building a system of gutterings and tanks and pumps and um, all kinds of really cool stuff. Um, to improve my fresh water supply at my house because I tend to get a little bit low at the moment. So hopefully we've got some rain coming up so that I can test it all out coming up mm-hmm. soon. But uh, coming up in today's show, we are going to be talking about some uh, positively different story. We're going to talk about Yom Kippur. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about a lady who has just phenomenal memory. And we have an interview with Michael and so much more. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Ooh. 
listening to Anthem Lights with the Doxology here on Faith FM, starting off our breakfast show. And as we get into today's show, Lawson, what have we got for the quiz? Okay, this quiz... Oh, by the way, I should mention that um, we have an interview with Michael Heath today. Yes, we do. And he's joining us here in the studio. Actually, he's right here in the studio right now, and uh, I'll I'll, I'll get him on in a minute, but that's okay. Um, But anyway, what have we got for the quiz? We have got a quiz. I think... I think it's a it's a pretty good quiz today. It's a what book am I quiz? So that that already narrows it down. You've got sixty six. One of sixty six. Sixty six different options. It's one of sixty six. But the first clue, which is actually kind of obscure, but it says the bravery of Sifra and Pua. Is, <laughs> is that the <laughs> Pua? That, okay, it's it's P U A H. Definitely obscure. Pua in disobeying the king um, is found in my first chapter. Okay, the bravery. Of Sifra and Pua. All right, all right. Yep. Mm-hmm. I've narrowed it down to one of six books. Okay. Just got to narrow it down a little bit further now, and one of seven books. One of seven books. I'm happy yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> I got it down to one of seven, but anyway. But that means that double prizes are still available. So if you want to call in and claim the prize, you can call us at 1-800-324-843 or text in at 0491-064-669. And you can get double prizes before Lyle um, snaps up the, the quiz. If you've got that good Bible knowledge, if you can get in there. Yep. Do some, do some, dig your Bible out, get searching. You'll find something, I'm sure. Uh, Michael, you got any ideas as to uh, what the answer to the quiz is? Uh, good morning there. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really obscure one. It is. Uh, all right. So, um, positively different news. Lawson, what have you got for us? Okay. So, one of the world's biggest power plant developers just gave up on coal. This is massive okay. news. It's actually, it's being hailed as one of the biggest breaking stories of 12, 2018, illustrating the ongoing transition from fossil fuels to renewables. Um, a top power plant developer has just announced like it'll be pivoting away from coal in favor of sustainable energy. Mm-hmm. This so, is crazy. So what kind of sustainable energy? Well, let's let's just continue um, going through this. A Japanese energy company, uh, Marubeni, will no longer be... Uh, building coal-powered plants. Instead, it will be doubling the sustainable energy capacity of its net power double from 10% to 20% by 2023. There you go. Man, this is awesome. Like I I said yesterday, I love renewable energy news Mm -hmm. because it means that our world is is heading in favor of electric cars that have lots of (laughs) time. But just in general, you know, we're, we're 
we're helping the world um, and we're, we're making, you know, life more sustainable for the future. Because there's always, you know, there's classic dystopian movies where pollution has corrupted the world and stuff. And that like, I don't know, that stuff freaks me out. Um, even though, you know, I know that we're, we're getting closer to the return of Jesus. But I just love that people are making an effort to... To help the world. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, um, coming from Tasmania as a young person growing up, I lived in a state where the entire state was run on renewable energy until uh, until about the time that I left. And they connected to the mainland and fired up a coal-fired power station in the north. But up until then, it was all renewables. The mm. entire state, the entire history of the state had all been renewables. And we had um, some... Uh, major um, industry that was actually in Tasmania because of the cheap electricity of produced by renewable energy. So, yeah. Something I guess is a big uh, a warning or concern, and I remember this coming up especially in the 2016 election in America um, when, you know, they were doing their tours and there was all like the big talk of renewable energy was job loss. Um, what's going to happen to the people who are, say, working in coal mines and all these things once, um, once you know, they make the transition to renewable energies? But according to a Japanese newspaper, the company plans to avoid job loss by reassigning their employees currently working on coal-related projects to their renewable energy initiatives as they develop. So they're really looking out for people here as well. Yeah, and if you look at the, uh, if you look at the Tasmanian model, which, of course, was all renewables um, you know, up until, what, about 1990 or something or other, it, um, you know, Tasmania does have a slightly higher unemployment rate, but that unemployment rate is not a result of um, using renewable energy. Mm. That's a result of other factors. Well, I think probably the most important thing from this is uh, this is a this is a company statement. It says uh, Marabini Corporation recognizes that climate change is a major major issue shared by all humanity. Um, it is a problem that threatens the coexistence of global of the global environment and society, a problem that has an enormous effect on Marabini's business and its shareholders and a problem that Marabini believes must be dealt with swiftly. So they're really like, they're really getting on the renewable train, um, which I love. And they're really, they're all about climate change, which is There you awesome. go. Greeny Lawson on the show this morning, yeah, man. <laughs> that's it. Man, people wouldn't expect it, but it's yeah, that's 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 where I'm at. For a, for a motorbike racer? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, I do have that secret ambition of electric cars that have lots of talk. So, and so, go far. Yeah, and really, go fast. Really fast. <laughs> but um, continuing on with our good news today, we have some more news coming from the Carolinas um, and everything that's happening there. This currently... Are you got good news coming out of the Carolinas? It's actually... This is good news. This is good news. I, I find it hard to believe there's good news coming out of that part of the world but anyway go ahead but yeah in the in the midst of um the the hurricane that's happening there this is a crazy story that um staff over 100 cats and dogs escaped from the top floor of a flooding animal shelter this is crazy man. okay so um this this story comes from the weekend it says uh the situation was looking dire last friday night for the people um and more than 100 animals trapped inside a rapidly flooding north carolina animal shelter in the wake of hurricane florence um, at around 7.30, uh, the Carteret County Humane Society Shelter uh, manager, Cassandra Tupage, told the News and Observer uh, that three staff members, 43 dogs and 80 cats, were stuck on the top floor of the Newport Shelter's building, boxed in by rising waters. Um, there were also 15 hens and roosters trapped in another location inside the facility. Um Tupaj told uh, local authorities the roads were flooded around um, 
and you know adding the rescuers would likely need boats to get them like so that she's the yep, roads are yep, completely yep. flooded and they're like oh man there's no way we're gonna get out of here there's either you know we need some boats um to come through and you know enter the cajun navy relief um often referred to as you know simply as the cajun navy a volunteer rescue group uh, originating in louisiana that's often the first on the scene with their personal boats and equipment during natural disasters like hurricanes and floods. Um, yeah, so they, they just... set up well for it down in Louisiana. The highest point in Louisiana is about 500 feet above sea level. Mm. And uh, the place floods so many times. I mean, New Orleans is below sea level and is just renowned for flooding. A city below sea level that's you know, almost on the coast... And uh, you just sort of wonder why on earth did they build there in the first place, but uh, and why did they rebuild there after Katrina? But anyway, these guys are the experts in this kind of thing. Yeah, and it was they awesome. Have to be the the building actually got to the point where you know it was like they were worrying that it was going to collapse um, because the water had raised so high. But the this navy group come in, which again is made up of all just just volunteers that have boats. Um, they came through and they picked these guys up and rescued all of these animals. Like 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 I said, there's like eighty cats and dogs. Dogs, roosters and hens. Um, man, this is looking like Noah's Ark over here. <laughs> yeah, but 80 cats and dog, roosters and hens, and also uh, the staff members now are able to to get out of there safely, um, which is just awesome to see. Like, again, this is a like a massive um, natural disaster, and, you know, there's been a lot of tragic news that's come out of it, but it's good to see that, that um, you know, people are, you know... Banding human. together and doing good things yeah. in, in times of difficulty. That's just fantastic, yeah. and... Uh, um, you know, it's, it's it's interesting how that when you have disasters like this, it, it pulls people together. Mm. Um, I've seen it happen, uh, you know, many times, and you know, of course here in Australia. And and uh, Michael, of course, you would have, would have been around back when we had floods coming through Maitland. What oh, year was yeah. that? The, yeah. the, the, the last big one. It is, well, the last big one uh, was back in April nineteen or a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. And that's when uh, uh, the floods went through um, uh, Dungog there and took. Away, started houses starting floating away. Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, it was pretty intense. Um, that's when um, Adra come and swooped in. Yep, and uh, Adra was there. You would have been a part of that, I would imagine. Uh, you and no, your dad I had, and my dad was. Yeah, okay, he yep. was is very much in the thick of it. And we had a lot of uh, uh, volunteers come in uh, to help out with the relief, and uh, that mm-hmm. was a terrific effort. Uh, I think we uh, we had housed about uh, oh, it would have been over a hundred people. Um, uh, with the temporary housing, and there was all sorts of uh, yeah, mm. needs there. We we had to house pets. We had to house all sorts of. Uh, mm. uh, it sort of makes you wonder, you know, what, why is it that it takes a natural disaster to bring the best out in people? You know, whenever there's not a natural disaster, people squabble and fight and, and carry on and do stupid things. And you have a natural disaster, and suddenly people band together all over the place. But uh, at least it does happen. And uh, let's not be praying for natural disasters just so that we can have it. This is the idea of North, the road to kingdom come. Out on the road last night I saw a terrible fight Something about who was right And who was wrong Nobody cared who won We all had our fun Out on the road To kingdom come Up along the rise They 
the idea of north the road to kingdom come here on faith fm and as we move on with the show what have we got for the next clue for our quiz there oh the next clue for our quiz okay this is uh again as we go on to the uh, what clues, book am i i've got it down to seven yep seven books out of 66 so far <laughs> off the first clue got to narrow it down a little bit further still two prizes out there yeah so so remember to call in 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491 if you can get this um but again, we're narrowing down the clues. This is getting a little bit easier now. Um, in verse, uh, well, not in verse, sorry. The next clue is, I tell how idolaters were made to drink an idol that was ground into powder and poured into water. Ooh. There you go. <laughs> so, um, again, this is like, it's, it's, it's pretty... It's pretty gnarly at the moment, but yeah, Lyle just got it. So, uh, sorry, sorry, everyone. There's no single double prizes, prizes today. Single prizes. Just a Give single prize. 1-800-324-843. Something special is coming your way if you can get today's 
quiz. But if you don't if you don't have it yet, just hang out for the next couple of clues because it's actually it starts to get pretty telling and pretty revealing, and uh, I'm sure there will be people out there who get it. But now onto some. News. Wow. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So um, I have a question for you guys. And, of course, Michael is joining us this morning. He's he's on for the interview a bit later on, but we told him, hey, throw a headset on, jump in front of the microphone, and uh, and, and just join us for the show. Um, I have a question for you guys. How much can you guys remember from when you were two years old? Oh, not much, man. Can, do you have a memory? Do I, I do. Actually, this is crazy. I remember when I was two, like laying, you know, like – going and laying in bed and thinking i'm gonna remember this moment for the rest of my life (laughs) i I fully remember i was like i was in my room at my house in rathmines and i was looking out the window and my bed covers were blue and the walls were also blue and i was thinking i'm gonna remember this moment for the rest of my life and now i do so you 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 locked it in and uh and and there is what 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 about you you, michael you got any memories that you know I do, actually, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, When I was about two years old, uh, we were in uh, a house in uh, uh, Regent Street in Maitland, and um, uh, I remember that uh, I needed to go to the toilet. I had a nappy on, I needed to go to the toilet, uh, but uh, uh, I knew that I... I shouldn't be going in my nappy. I, I knew that I should be doing in that, that whole sort of, process. Yeah, the um, whole process. Yeah, and I was trying to hold it in, trying to hold <laughs> it in so desperately. Uh, but that's about the only kind memory. Of memory. That, the earliest memory. Yeah. How about okay, you? Okay, so I've got, I've got this advantage because when I was uh, two weeks before my third birthday, we moved to Tasmania, mm-hmm. the promised land. That was great, and so because of that, my early memories I can actually. Um, anything that is previous to Tasmania, I know that I was two years old. Ah. Mm. And so I sat here and made a bit of a list, and I came up with six memories from when I was two years old. Wow. I can remember um, traveling with my parents to Lord Howe Island and playing on the swing on Lord Howe Island with my cousin there. I can remember the glass-bottom boat on Lord Howe Island and uh, going fishing. I can remember a plane that my brother built in the backyard out of pieces of 4B2 and used to take everybody flying in. He was 18 months older than me. We didn't fly very far, but um, yeah, that was, um, I think, two pieces of uh, wood in, in, in the form of a cross that uh, we used to sit on top of and fly around the yard, supposedly. <laughs> um, I remember a toy elephant that I had on wheels and uh, going for a row on a boat in Lake Macquarie. Ooh. And I can remember catching the ship to Tasmania. I can remember the taste of the rust on the railing. <laughs> Okay. The weird things that go through your head. <laughs> okay. But Rebecca Sharrick can remember everything um, from uh, every detail of her life pretty much uh, along with dates, along with colours, along with descriptions, along with what was happening, along with um, everything up to about 12 days um, from her birth. Wow. That's yeah. that is she's about that's amazing. she's, she's one of about uh, one in sixty people in the one of uh, about sixty people in the world who have um, super autobiographical memory. So this is not this is not photographic memory, mm. mm-hmm. and that is this is not trained memory. It's super autobiographical memory where she just remembers everything about her life. Fantastic! <laughs> it's just amazing, isn't it? And it sort of you know she can she can describe you know you give her a date. Mm-hmm. She would describe events on that date. She would describe where she was, what she was doing. Um, she can describe baby scenes, what she was wearing, her emotions, her surroundings, 
And of course, these can you know these are things that have been confirmed by you know family members, photographs, yep, yep, you know video footage, whatever else. Um, <coughs> which which imagine being able to have memory like that? Yeah, that'd Dude, be great. That is insane. Like, oh man, I'll just love it. I'll just like try and remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But here's the here's the, here's the other challenge that goes with it. Along with that, of course, you would be able to remember going through the teething process. You'd be mm. remember, remember the frustration of not being able to walk. Yeah. You would remember all those times when you lay in your cot screaming in the middle of the night because you were hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd also remember all the happy times. You'd oh, absolutely, the, absolutely. The trips away and stuff like that. I think I think that's actually something that I would like. I, I really, um, I wouldn't say I covet, but like <laughs> I would love to remember like the times when I was, because t- I know that I went on trips places and stuff, mm-hmm. but I just can't remember it. Yep. But I know that it was really good and that I was there because, you know, my family took video footage or, or whatever it is, or we've got cute pictures or whatever. Like I remember um, when I was really young, like three or something going to Vanuatu. And I have a specific memory from there where I was, we were playing like limbo, but I don't remember like the rest of the trip. Yep. Um, but I would, I would love to because oh, it would be, be awesome. Very cool. It'd be very awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Th- okay. So here's the problem with it: painful memories never fade. Yeah. Hmm. And this is the thing that uh, Rebecca struggles with. This caused her, of course, to suffer from uh, depression, anxiety, uh, and insomnia. And so she found that reading at night was something that would help her to block out the painful memories and be able to sleep. The problem with reading was that to read, she had to keep her eyes open, and as soon as she closed her eyes, it wouldn't block the memories out. And so she got a, uh, a series of nine books and just memorized them, and then she'd read them with her eyes closed <laughs> <laughs> until she went to sleep. Um, all right, by the way, I should say congratulations to James from Brisbane. Ooh. Who has snapped up the clue, the question Whoa. All right, with the correct Jack. answer. He has texted in and given us the answer. The answer for today's quiz, of course, is Exodus. Amazing. Good on you, James. Yeah, second clue. Dude, I was going to say, good. it was fairly specific, that uh, second clue. I don't think there's too many places in the Bible. There's only one place that. in the Bible you've ah, got that. Yeah. There you go. There's only one place you've got that. So, um, yeah, well done. Well done, James from Brisbane. And I think that's the first time we've ever had the, clue, the, the, the the quiz snapped up on clue number two, but it is gone. So there's a prize coming your way, James. We'll get uh, that out to you a little bit later on today. Okay, so um, along with having this um, super memory, um, Rebecca um, also stru- struggles with um, OCD and autism. Mm. Mm. I was going to think about that because people with with uh, idyllic memories seem to have some sort of area yeah, in yeah, the yeah. autism way. Yep. Yeah, yep, yep. They sort of they're, they're brilliant in, in in one area and struggle in other areas, mm-hmm. and uh, and so she does struggle with that. Um, but uh, yeah, it 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 makes me stop and think about our brain, mm. the brain that God created, and of course our brain has you know six thousand years of de- degeneration. Mm-hmm. You know, where it has been wearing down, 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 down. And imagine the brain that Adam would have had, that he would have been created with, that would never have forgotten anything. Mm. You know, the, the, the reason that we have writing and the reason that writing was invented was because our brains degenerated after the flood to the point that we could no longer remember things. But writing, the whole concept of writing is irrelevant in a, an environment where people have perfect memory because you mm-hmm. can just communicate 
perfect information all the time. And uh, they say that right now, 30% of our memories are false memories. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. That's interesting. So think about that next time you have a, uh, a, a fight with your, uh, your wife or your girlfriend or whoever. Thirty uh, percent of memories are false memory, hers and yours. So you're both probably wrong. <laughs> you're both <laughs> probably wrong. And, and of course, this is because we have uh, you know you, you've got all of these years. And, and of course, Adam, you know he would in 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 the ideal environment in which we were originally created, there wouldn't be painful memories mm. to cause this to be a problem. And in, in many ways. Uh, the loss of memory has been a blessing for human beings mm. yeah. because it means that we are able to forget things that are painful. But, uh, yeah, before we go, quick shout-out to all of our Jewish friends who are celebrating Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement today. And if we get time, we'll talk more about that a little bit later in the show. But uh, we're going to be back talking to Michael about his story in a moment. Right now we have Anders Svensson with Heal Our Land.
seeking peace, seeking comfort and hope in a restless Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Anders Vincent with Heal Our Land here on Faith FM. And as we continue on with the show, we do need to mention that if you are keen to answer the quiz, bad luck, too late. It's gone. Oof. It's gone. Rip. It's over. Uh, James in Brisbane on the second, pretty much a second after giving the second clue out. He was he was He's just um, in there, mate. On the text message, and of course, our text number, if just for future reference, so that you can get ahead of James, is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Or if you would like to um, give us a call about anything that you want to talk about, one eight hundred three two four eight four three is our open line number. You can call anytime you like. But right now, we got Michael in the studio. Michael, super excited to have you as a part of the show today. Good morning. And uh, we've had uh, we had one of your relatives on here. We had your niece on here mm, some Krista. months ago. Yes. Yeah, um, and so yeah, another one from the Heath family. But you've got quite a testimony to share. Some years ago, you were diagnosed with a health problem. Yes, that's right. Um, about it, back in 2011, actually, I was diagnosed with. Um, let me get it right. It's terminal cancer stage three B of the bowel which is just one step off uh, non-surgical cancer. Right. So uh, I was right on the doorstep there. I was very lucky Mm. that uh, I was able to get operated on. Now, when you say terminal cancer, that means that... um they, they can't solve this. Is that is that basically? Well, uh, there's different forms, a whole stack of different forms of cancer, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, this particular cancer is bowel cancer, but it's a very aggressive um, uh, stage. And uh, according to the doctors, and according to my diagnostics, uh, diagnostics, they said that uh, unfortunately. Uh, there's no way that we can – it's irreversible. There's no mm. way we can take this back with medication, with uh, chemotherapy and with surgery. Sure, sure. And uh, what kind of prognosis did they give you back in uh, 2011? What's that, uh, seven, eight years ago now? Eight years ago. They gave me six months, yes. Okay, so they gave you six months, eight years ago. We we want to hear your we want to hear your story here because you are still here. I am still here, and, uh, living and breathing, and and I'm doing well, doing very well. Yeah, absolutely. Are you looking good? Uh, thank you, thank you. The, <laughs> yeah, the, praise God. Uh, only recently, when I went back 
back to see the oncologist, he said that, uh, look, Michael, uh, you're one of my longest uh, living patients. And he says, you're doing fantastic. He says, whatever you're doing, keep it up. Man, amazing. It's working. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's working really well. Okay, so we obviously there are a lot of listeners out there who want to hear your story. Um, cancer is something that affects, I think, everyone it i don't does. there's there's no one in australia who doesn't know someone with cancer and probably everybody in australia has a relative that either has cancer or is mm. is going to have cancer at some point there's so many of my relatives and best friends too that i keep on hearing have died from cancer and yeah. it, a lot of them um it's not discovered until it's far too late mm-hmm. unfortunately cancer is is uh, very silent um until up until you you start uh, feeling the effects of uh, of pain uh, mm-hmm. somewhere in the body that tell you that there's something wrong. You go and see the doctor and then all of a sudden, you know, the doctor discovers, takes some scans and discovers that, you know, uh, this cancer has just spread throughout your body. And um, in most cases, you know, they die very quickly after it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in, mm-hmm. incredible. How old were you when you were diagnosed? Well, back 2018, uh, sorry, uh, 2011, I was actually uh, diagnosed earlier, but not with uh, terminal cancer, diagnosed with uh, FAP um, syndrome, uh, and the, uh, I've got it here, The uh, it's familial ademinosis polyps. Yeah, that. So it's a, a disorder of the bowel. Okay, yeah. And uh, what happens is there's, there's polyps that uh, normally grow um, in the bowel, and mm. uh, it, it's very little, one or two, and they can be surgically removed. But mm. uh, the amount of polyps that I had in my bowel, there was over hundreds of polyps in there. So uh, back around 2004 is when uh, I discovered these polyps, and the doctor back then, or the specialist back then, told me that, I probably should have my bowel um, uh, removed, mm-hmm. the, the lower intestine removed, and have a uh, colonoscopy bag uh, that hangs outside there. Uh, oh, and that ooh. was back then. I was, you know, quite young, and mm. a lot younger, I should say. And I really wasn't ready to hear that news. No one's ready to. So, what are we talking? Thirties? Yeah, thirties, uh, late thirties. Yep. It was. Yeah. And I felt that well, that seems very. Drastic, uh, quite a drastic option. Uh, you know, look, I think I'll just uh, hang tight and uh, have a couple of normal gears before I bite the bullet and go down that road. Mm. Uh, and the, the doctor was very insistent and said, look, these polyps will turn. There's no doubt. It's just a matter of time. These polyps will turn into cancer if you don't do anything about it. Mm. Um, but uh, it's the one regret, a huge mistake in my life that I should have taken his advice and mm. gone, on, gone ahead and done that because all of this um, cancer that I'm going through at the moment, the suffering, none of it would have uh, existed. So, yeah, it's one my one regret. Yep, yep, yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so um, yeah, just uh, just 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 take us through this journey a little bit. You, you, you're um, a relatively young person. What does it feel like when the doctor? says you've got six months oh man when uh, when you're sitting in that office and uh and the doctor you know says look uh, michael i've got some bad news for you the scans have come back from your colonoscopy and uh we've it's detected positive to to cancer um so uh, i'm going to need to refer you on to a specialist and onto a um colonoscopy uh sorry a uh, oncology uh, expert and then they'll, uh, you know, take you through all the processes. It's, it's then like, you know, uh, oh, gee, uh, 
I never thought this would happen to me, even though I'd been warned earlier. You know, mm, you, mm. you never think it's going to happen. You always happen to someone else. Yeah, uh, and it's a bit of a shell shock. You don't know quite what to do or, or quite what to say. We we, we men are, are very much like that, aren't we? We are. You know, we're told <laughs> it's uh, oh, it's something wrong with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll go and tend to that later. Um, but uh, when yeah, the the bad news settles in, then it's just like oh, dear, well, I probably should have done something about that. And yep. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> uh, the hardest thing actually for me was to tell my family that I to break the, the news to the family. I wanted to let them all know um, all together. I didn't want to tell them in dribs and drabs mm-hmm. sort of thing. So uh, uh, when I got the news, when I went to see the oncologist and the specialist, they all uh, sat me down, told me uh, what sort of cancer I had. I only had six months um, possibly to live. Um, maybe more with the chemotherapy and perhaps surgery as well. So uh, I sat down. Uh, there was a birthday. My birthday was coming up uh, fairly shortly afterwards, so I thought this would be a perfect time to bring everyone in together and tell them that I had the news. So I said, look, uh, I'm, I'm holding a birthday. I want you to come in because I have a special announcement that I'd like to uh, tell you. So everyone rocks in, and uh, this is when I was starting to keep company with uh, with my fiance, mm-hmm. and everyone's uh, thinking, "Oh, uh, he's got uh, an engagement to announce." You know, this is fantastic news. Can't wait. So everyone come there with smiles on their faces, and uh, so I stand up and uh, tell them the bad news, and you should mm-hmm. have seen the smile wipe off off their yeah. faces. And you know, of course, the whole family just shell shock. What do you say to mm. someone who's yeah. just told you? Um, I've got six months to live, I've got cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, after a long, stunned silence, you know, my mum gets up, comes over with tears in her eyes and gives me a big, long hug, and, and then the rest of the family followed. Uh, and I think that's that's the time when you, in life, when you stop and you think, okay, I've got two options here. Mm-hmm. Do I curl up my toes and say, I've got six months to live, what's the use you know, I might as well just enjoy what I have and, and say goodbye. Or mm-hmm. do I dig in my toes and say, no, I'm not going to accept that this is six months. I'm going to fight with everything that I've got, anything and everything that I'm going to do towards fighting this cancer. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I decided to go with the option of, of the latter. Uh, I'm, I'm tooth and nails. I'm in there, whatever uh, I need to do to fight this cancer, I'm going to do it. So uh, that's the attitude that I took on. And you still have that attitude? Absolutely, to this yeah. day. Tooth Amazing. and nail, fighting it, tooth, it, tooth and nail, and nail. every right. little bit. Look, there's a long, hard road. I'm not going to yeah, sugarcoat it for you. Yep. Uh, there are days when um, uh, you just feel like, you know, you want to give up mm-hmm. and – uh, the struggles that uh, are within and without, it's it's a long, hard road of struggling. But uh, keeping up a positive attitude, and there's there's some several steps that I'd like to go through. With sure, you if later. you could, if you could. Yeah, um, and uh, uh, that would help towards providing a positive attitude. And it's uh, the steps that I've got here are, are simple. They don't cost you anything. They only cost you time. Take us through it. We've got five minutes. Five minutes, all right. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, these three steps uh, are to help you cope physically, mentally, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way to start off that I've found to be best is the spiritual aspect because all of these aspects, physical, uh, emotional, 
and spiritual, they're all interlinked. Mm-hmm. So I found it best to start off with my spiritual well-being. Being How I do that is through the power of prayer. Mm. Um, all through your Christian life, you hear about oh the special uniqueness of the power of prayer. And uh, to me, that was just a bunch of words up until this point. Um, why do we need to pray? What, um, doesn't God already know my situation? You know, um, I feel praying is not necessarily for God's benefit, but it's for my benefit because I'm, I'm um, leaning on the everlasting shoulders of God. And uh, it, this takes the stress off me. I've got someone to relieve my burdens to. And uh, I can pray for healing. I can pray for other people's healing. And the, um, the thing that I, I really ran out of very quickly during my battle of cancer is my own strength. Mm. There, there are times uh, when you just, you're totally zapped of nothing. Uh, and you, there's nothing left in the petrol tank and you just don't know how you're going to get on. That's when you need to get down on your hands and knees and you say, Lord, I, I need your strength. Mm. And that is the strength that, that keeps me going. So uh, when you pray for uh, strength, then you need to believe it wholeheartedly that it's going to work. And and this promotes hope for the future, which leads into your mental well-being. Mm. Mental well-being, um, now you, you need to make a decision that you're going to be positive and that you're going to be happy because it is a choice. It, it doesn't matter about your situation. You could be the richest guy in the world and still not be happy. Yeah. It's still, it's still be unsatisfied. Mm. So you need to make a decision that I'm going to be happy uh, and um, I'm going to work towards that happiness and set goals for myself and set achievable goals mm. and, and then reward myself for those achievable goals. For instance, uh, I'll say, look, I'm going to battle through this um, cancer for, for six months. That's chemotherapy for six months. And then at the end of the six months, I'm going to go away on a trip. I'm going to go somewhere special mm. and take a week off and just enjoy myself with that. Um, and lastly, keeping active. Yeah, it's always important because uh, when you're active, when you're up and doing it, and there's some days that you just have no idea how you're going to get out of bed that morning because you just feel so lousy. But the key is just to get out of bed. That's the first one. Get up, have a shower, um, and and just uh, bring that uh, that energy back into your body. And then once uh, you're you're active, do. Things for other people, I feel like serve serve other people. Um, that gets my mind off my current situation, and it gets it um, more focused on other people's needs. And when you're focusing on other people's needs, you're focusing less on your own problems. Mm. And then, and you you can always find someone who's um, who's in a worse off position than you are. You think that you, that you're bad when you're helping other people, and you see other people's problems, you think. You know, I've got it pretty bad, but uh, this guy here, you know, he has it worse and he still finds the, the courage to get through it. So if he can do it, why can't I do it? Mm. Um, and that's basically the steps as you go through, physical, mental, spiritual. Michael, that's just amazing because, you know, when I listen to what you're sharing right there, this is free medicine. It is. Yeah, it costs you nothing. You know, this is this <laughs> and, and you are living testimony living mm. proof to the effectiveness of you know i just listed four things here spiritual uh, positive active service with the with the words that i wrote down while i was listening to your story mm. 
and, uh, and 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 if if there's somebody who's just tuning in and, and missed out on it, you know, Michael's been alive now. Should have been dead eight years, years ago. ago yes. Eight years ago, mm. um, because of your connection with God, your positive attitude, staying active, and serving others. Anyone can do that. Anyone it is do just it. a decision. It is. And uh, has it it's been a choice? Has it been worthwhile? Absolutely. Mm. These last years, um, I've seen my daughter uh, get married. Uh, I wasn't supposed to be around to see that. I've been ce- I've celebrated my fiftieth birthday. It's all come together. Fantastic! Just f- just amazing testimony. Thank you so much for sharing. This is Chelsea Moon with Jesus Paid It All.
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Jerusalem, the Dead Sea and Egypt Amazing Discoveries is coming to Bulleroo Take a trip through history to uncover what happened in the past, how it affects the present and what it can tell us about the future 
through archaeology and the Bible, join us on this journey of amazing discoveries. Beginning 6.30pm, September 28 at the Boogaroo Adventist Church, this free community series is one you will not want to miss. See Faith FM's Facebook for more information or call Grego on 0435 077 752.